worry about anything but in everything but prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, But thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, Lamentation, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Verses 1 through 23, Matthew chapter 2. Then looking briefly in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shiprah, 
and the name of the other poor, and he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Verses 15 through 22, Exodus chapter 1. Father, we thank you once again for the glorious and the powerful and the blessed story of Christmas, the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, such a long, long time ago, bringing salvation, peace, and grace with him as he came. Father, thank you for the beauty of the story, but Thank you also for the fact that you show us the truths of the harshness and the difficulties of life and the reality of the fact that there were wicked people in high places that were ruthless in their goals and the things they did and that even had it on their hearts and minds to destroy precious children. And Lord, by by your sovereign hand and grace, we thank you, Lord, for the fact that you're bigger than the tragedy that this sort of thing is still happening even today. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Stir us more and more as the church to continue to stand courageously and boldly, just like Shipper and Pure, to be advocates, to be individuals who will stand up for what we know to be true, to stand up for truth, and to boldly be your witnesses in a bold world that is trying to get rid of your precious children. Help us to be your hands and feet in all the places and ways you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we're thankful for this group of listeners that you've gathered together to hear uh, a message today, a truth today. We pray that you'll give them listening ears. And we do pray for our listening family, some sad this, this Christmas season because of the loss of a loved one. We pray that you would be near to them, that you would be close to them and comfort them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. And uh, just before we introduce our special guest, as we uh, often do, I'm going to share a brief article entitled Christmas, Crisis, Pregnancy, and Life. And uh, as we normally do, if you'd like to get a copy of the article, just email us. My email, joseph at afr.net. Our goal is that you'll have it both for your own personal reference, but also to share, to forward and share with others that they too can Learn truths and insights about the life issue that can encourage them. Again, the title, Christmas, Crisis, Pregnancy, and Life. Interwoven into the fabric of the wonderful story of Christmas is this unique truth. Christmas and expecting moms go hand in hand. Yes, pregnancy, and specifically crisis pregnancy, has a precious heartwarming tie to Christmas. How so? Actually, it's very obvious. The Christmas story has not just one, but two unusual pregnancies. The specific story within the Christmas story is captured in Luke chapter 1. Two mothers meet, come together and worship and fellowship with each other. One is a teenage mother that has miraculously conceived a virgin pregnancy. The other mom is one 
who would normally be classified as a grand or great-grandmother based on her age, yet she too is an expecting mom. We often see and think of this story as a warm, lovely story full of peace, joy, and grace. And it is. Yet the world then was in so many ways a very harsh, cruel, and perilous world to live in. A world where foreign armies occupied Israel, where kings and nations sometimes killed babies in large numbers, and where jealousy and disloyalty abounded. Actually, it sounds a lot like the world we live in today. Our world is one where children can legally be killed from conception right up until the moment of delivery. And governments not only do not oppose this, they often finance the carrying out of these tragedies. And often so-called quote-unquote experts advise for all sorts of foolish and trivial or misguided reasons women to end the lives of their babies in the womb. And time and time again, the women are advised to terminate their children based on the quote-unquote wisdom or so-called insight of these quote-unquote experts. All the while, the counsel and clear counsel and guidance from God's word is clear. You shall not murder. God's word is our guidebook for life. His word will never lead us to make a bad or unwise decision. God himself is wisdom. So we need to stand on the wisdom of God's word, which will always lead to blessing, grace, and fulfillment. The word of God also says, Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Deuteronomy 30, 19. In looking at the beautiful grace-filled story of Christmas, let's consider a what-if scenario. In seeking to bring together the world at the time of the first Christmas and today, with our culture and perspective, let's consider what-if. Dr. Johan eyed his young patient long and hard. Young Miss Mary, you're just a teenager. You're not even fully an adult. You really need to think this through. It simply would not be wise to keep this baby. You're not married. You do not know how to tell your betrothed that you are pregnant. And you're just a child yourself. Child, you must listen to wisdom. If you keep this baby, your betrothed will surely divorce you. You'll be a single mother and you'll be poor, a poor single mother. No one will want you. You'll end up all alone and die in poverty and no one, no one will ever even remember your name. And your child will surely amount to nothing, and no one will ever remember his name either. You must not keep this child. Trust me, I'm a doctor. We know all about matters like this. Be reasonable. You and the rest of the world will be so much better off if we just quietly do away with this baby. What do you say? Mary's words. Good day, doctor. I'm keeping my baby. Well, mark my words. You and your baby will never amount to anything, and no one will ever even remember your names. Dr. Johann looked at the elderly woman very curiously. Listen, Elizabeth, I don't know how in the world this came to be, you being pregnant when you're old enough to be someone's great-grandmother yourself, but let me be straight with you. You really should not keep this child. With your being so old and carrying this child, there will probably be something wrong with the child. A woman your age could, could not possibly have a healthy child. The child will probably have many problems. At your age, who knows, you and both your child could die during labor. Be reasonable. Make it easy on yourself and the baby and just get rid of it. If the child does survive childbirth, he'll probably have so many problems, he probably won't even be able to talk. His life will never amount to anything. He'll probably grow up to be a burden on society and nothing else. Mark my words. I'm a physician. We understand about these kinds of things. Don't, th don't you think you should do away with the baby? In the words of Elizabeth, Good day, doctor. I'm keeping my baby. 
Suit yourself, old woman, said Dr. Johan. But know this, you and the whole world will regret your decision. I'm a professional, and I know very well how these things turn out. Hmm. Again, the title of the article, Christmas, Crisis, Pregnancy, and Life. If you'd like to get a copy, again, email us, joseph at afr.net. We are blessed and honored to have as our phone guest today, Lauren Musica. She's the president and CEO of the ministry Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Uh, Lauren, how are you today? I'm doing great, Pastor. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, great to have you, um, Lauren. And it's our first time of having the privilege of having you on. And I'm going to ask if you'll at least begin to kind of further introduce yourself and share about the mission and the work of uh, Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Then we'll probably have to finish on the other side of the break. But please go ahead and share about yourself and the ministry. Sure. Well, I am just so blessed to lead uh, what is now America's largest sidewalk outreach organization, Sidewalk Advocates for Life. We train, equip, and support, as I say, people just like your listeners who have a heart to go to the darkest place in their local community, the local abortion facility, and offer abortion-bound women and men loving, life-affirming alternatives. And as God's people have stood up and shown up over the past eight years um, since we started, we just, um, because of that, we've just celebrated 18,349 babies saved, uh, 85 eternal souls who have left the abortion business with the help and witness of a sidewalk advocate, and we just marked abortion facility closure number 30 in Miami, Florida. So again, to God be the glory. We know it's by His grace that all these victories are possible. Uh, we are just in awe of what He is doing through His people on the front lines to end abortion. Mm, praise God. Praise God. So where is Sidewalk Advocates for Life located? Yes. So we're technically based in Texas, but we have 240 sidewalk advocate teams all over the United States, Puerto Rico, and Mexico City. Uh, We actually just... I'm going to have to jump in right here, and we'll pick up right there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Lauren Musica. She's the president and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. We'll be right back. I am frightened by the love 
music of Amy Grant with Breath of Heaven. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest today is Lauren Musica. Musica, excuse me. She's the president and CEO of a ministry called Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And so, Lauren, if you'll pick up uh, where you left off, please. Sure. So I think you were asking, you know, where is Sidewalk Advocates for Life? And Mm -hmm. currently we have about 240 teams across the United States, Puerto Rico, Mexico. We actually just got our first team in Colombia. So we're starting to spread internationally. But the idea is that somebody in their local community said yes. They said, you know what, I want to do something about the problem of abortion um, that, you know, through that strength that I've received in prayer, the Holy Spirit has moved me to go be present on the sidewalk. I mean, this is the beauty of the incarnation. Our Lord showed up, right? And mm-hmm. in His uh, footsteps, we want to service His hands and feet. And what a, a better cause to serve in than uh, the, the mission of life, knowing that a mother in crisis really needs somebody in that valley of decision to stand in that gap and speak peace and hope into her circumstances. And so just by that, that one person in that city, in that community saying yes, that opened the door to bring Sidewalk Advocates for Life to the sidewalk, to their community. And so we provide each community that says yes, comprehensive training tools and full-time staff support. We say, hey, we'll journey with you as long as you know you want to journey with us. We're here to serve you, to help you to be successful in the mission that God has given you to reach out to women and men in crisis entering the local abortion or abortion referral facility. Okay. Uh, and again, we've seen so many miracles because of sometimes just that simple yes in a local community. Well, so Lauren, so tell me if I'm correct. And so basically a part of what Sidewalk Advocates for Life does is you train and equip people that will actually be on the sidewalk outside of abortion right. clinics to counsel and encourage women to keep their babies while they're on their way going into an abortion clinic. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. The heart of this is crisis intervention. And our goal is to get her into the arms of someone who can do that ongoing crisis management. And so in every community where we are, we partner with Christian Pregnancy Resource Centers, and we see ourselves as the gateway to the local life-affirming resources, options, and really hope and help, right? Mm -hmm. We know that women are at an abortion facility for a reason or a particular set of reasons, and our heart is to find out her heart. Like, what is it that brings you here? How can we help you? And we know, of course, there's no good reason to take the life of a child, but when a woman is in crisis or self-preservation mode, you know, she's not thinking clearly. She's just thinking, I want to get out of this situation. And we know that it's not really the baby that's the problem. The baby is shining a light into an area of her life that needs help. And Mm -hmm. so we as a people of God want to go right to where abortions are taking place, not in a spirit of condemnation, not in any sort of way that um, would incriminate who we are, um, but in a spirit of peace and love. I mean, really, it's about taking the fruits of the Spirit to the darkest place in our community and saying, hey, we can help you. You know, there's no better message than that. You can do this. We Mm. can help you. You are not alone. Um, And we'll be here to walk this journey with you and ensure that you have everything you need to be okay and to welcome your precious child into this world. Well, Lauren, would you take a moment now specifically to pray for listeners to have ears to hear whatever the Lord would share with them in it, because there are some listeners who the Lord is going to call them to go 
work with Sidewalk Advocates for Life or with a ministry similar that will actually be on the grounds outside of an abortion clinic to be the hands and feet of mm. Jesus. Others may yeah. be people that would be intercessors who would pray and uh, pray for the Spirit of God to work on those women as they go in. Uh, and there may be others that will be moved by the Lord to give financially to help support Sidewalk Advocates for Life and ministries like yours as well. But would you pray for people to be wide open yeah. to whatever the Holy Spirit may say to them today? Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you you even gave me this message yesterday that we can all do something, that Lord, uh, you have shown us that this is the greatest mission field in our backyard, the local abortion facility, knowing that women are entering these facilities, not just asking themselves, you know, do I want to have an abortion today, but literally asking pivotal questions about who they are, who this child is, who you are, and whether you have a plan for them and for their child. And so, God, we want to be people who say yes. We want to be people who stand in the gap. We want to be people who follow in your footsteps and serve as your hands and feet. And so I pray for every listener that's listening to this broadcast right now. You know what it is, God, that you are calling them to do. May we have ears to hear, Lord. May we have a a heart. May we have eyes to see. And may we respond to the greatest human rights crisis of our times. Um, for the person here who's been given uh, treasure that they can give in support of this great work. God, we pray that you would move them with a particular gift and attach that to a particular ministry here before year-end that would help save children. We pray for those who have had that tug to just go pray at their local abortion facility, that they would consider joining their local prayer campaign, or that maybe they would go out to the sidewalk to support sidewalk advocates. And and those, Lord, who are, are feeling that pull to actually talk to those who are going into their local abortion or Planned Parenthood abortion referral center, um, that they would actually move to, to, to go on the website to find their local team at sidewalkadvocates.org, that they would get connected. They'd be unafraid to get connected, to get trained, to get what they need to feel equipped to answer this call. Um, Lord, we just put uh, all of um, these considerations, these things that are, are even at this moment very likely rising to the, the, the top of the hearts and minds of, of listeners everywhere. Um, we put this all in your hands, Jesus. May we say yes. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Lord, if someone wants to learn more about Sidewalk Advocates for Life or get in touch with you or the ministry, how can they do that? Sure. Well, I invite everyone to go to sidewalkadvocates.org. That's our website, sidewalkadvocates.org. And really, there's three ways to get involved. Start, join, give, right? And, you know, there very well may be a local Sidewalk Advocates for Life team near you. Uh, We are set up in front of abortion and abortion referral centers. You know, even if you are in an abortion-restricted state, we still need you on the ground. What we have found in post-Roe America is that there's a system that is going from the abortion referral centers, quite often Planned Parenthood outpost clinics, that are referring still across state lines, right? So you can be effective still in reaching women and men considering abortion in Texas, in Louisiana, in Tennessee, and beyond, right? And then if you are in uh, a 
a state that allows abortion. You you might even be an abortion destination state now, like New Mexico or Kansas, Colorado, uh, North Carolina, Illinois, right? These are states where even abortion facilities are setting up at the border, ready to receive women from across state lines. And so everyone can do something. I encourage you to go to sidewalkadvocates.org, and we would love to serve you in this call. Mm-hmm. Well, Lauren, if, say, someone's listening and they're thinking to themselves, Lauren, are you trying to tell me that a woman who's determined to get an abortion, her mind can actually be changed by an advocate on the mm-hmm. sidewalk before they go in? How would you respond to that question? Yes. Well, my answer to that is a resounding yes. We have seen it over 18,000 times in the past eight years, 18,000 women who turned around at that last moment before committing to an abortion decision and choosing life. You know, there's this misnomer out there, this misunderstanding in the culture that when a woman is walking into an abortion facility, she has her mind made up. Mm -hmm. Quite often what we find is that she's there because she doesn't know what else to do. I would say in the over 20 years that I've been on the, out on the sidewalk, I can maybe count on one or two hands the number of times that a woman actually knew that there was a pregnancy resource center in her backyard ready to go to bat for her. The vast majority of people entering these facilities have no idea of the plethora of resources in our community that are sustained, that are supported by the church in their Mm -hmm. backyard. The body of Christ quite often has come together in every community in America to form Christian pregnancy resource centers. They outnumber abortion facilities more than four to one, um, and they are a jack-of-all-trades in our communities. They can help with insurance, a place to live, a job, so many things, baby items, right, and really be there with holistic options, counseling, providing a sonogram so she can actually see her baby in the womb, that window to life. And so, you know, it's our prerogative as sidewalk advocates to be the gateway, to stand in the gap, to be that link to all of these wonderful resources in our communities. What a beautiful thing that we can tell a woman, you know, not just don't have an abortion, but we want to give you not, again, a hand out, but a hand up towards the abundant life that Christ wants to give you. You are not alone. We are there for you, and we can help you get the help that you so desperately need. Mm-hmm. Well, so in a roundabout way, you could say that sidewalk advocates are like sort of the last line of defense in many ways before that woman will step yeah. into an abortion clinic. Would that be correct to say? Absolutely. You know, I encourage everyone to stay involved in legislative affairs or in educational opportunities in their local community. There are some people who are listening that are involved in their local schools and teaching, um, you know, uh, abstinence education, sexual integrity, um, that are involved in their, their, their youth groups and their churches and beyond. There's so much great work that's going on out there that really is kind of that first line of defense, you know, where we can meet people in society and encourage them when they're asking some big questions about sexual integrity. Mm-hmm. We need to be there. We need to be involved. But inevitably, there's going to be a population that ends up at the abortion facility. And so that's such a natural place for the people of God to be, to be out there praying, you know, again, not shouting, not being ugly, not condemning, 
you know, it says in Scripture that is the kindness of the Lord that leads one to repentance. We want to be that approachable face on the ground, that last line of defense that creates a safe place for her that lets her know before you make a decision that you can't take back. You know, we're encouraging you to pause right here and just know that we are here for you. You are not alone. We're ready to walk with you and do whatever we can to help help you and your family. Mm. Praise God. Praise God for believers that are willing to do such an important task in the body of Christ. And so I think of this as like what a lot of people are not aware of is that huge numbers of women who actually maybe pass by a sidewalk advocate, receive a brochure, and they go on into the clinic, the huge numbers of women that actually change their minds and leave before they get an abortion. Lots of believers don't realize what large numbers that, that has happened in over yes. the years, you know. So, yes. Well, well, if someone's listening and they're thinking to themselves, Lauren, I, I'd like to come out and be a sidewalk advocate, but but I'm afraid of what I'd see or what's going on. I'm not sure God could use me. How would you respond to that person? Yeah. yeah. One of the things that we talk about in our training is that God can use you just as you are. I think sometimes we all go through a bit of imposter syndrome. You know, who am I to think that God could save a life through me? And I, I would say back to that, who who are you not to believe that you are a child of God and you're playing small does not serve anybody. Um, God takes us. He uses us as we are in all of our imperfections. In fact, I would even say that if you go out there, you know, where you're taking someone's moral inventory as if you have it all together, you're going to lose people faster than you realize, right? We all go out there as sinners who are saved by God. We go out there as imperfect people. We go out there as people who simply just want to help and serve. And so whether you are a woman or man, an introvert or extrovert, young or old, I have seen God save babies, save women and families from abortion, from through people from all walks of life, right? And so, you know, know that we're here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life to journey with you, to help you and to support you in that call. And so we've got a five-hour basic training. When you go to SidewalkAdvocates.org and click on locations, you can find the team nearest you, contact them and find out when the next local training is. And you can partake of that five-hour basic training. And, you know, we cover everything from the five-point method, you know, five steps to facilitating a life-saving conversation with an about abortion-bound woman or man. Um, what do you do when the woman goes inside and you're talking to the companion, the friend, mother, sister who comes with her? How do you get them to be an advocate for life, go in and help her? We'll what jump, about these more We're going to jump in here, Lorna. We'll pick up right there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Lauren Musica. She's the president and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. We'll be right back.
music of BB and CC Winans, Silent Night. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Lauren Musica. She's the president of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And Lauren, would you share with our listeners one more time if someone wants to get in touch with you, learn more about the ministry, or make or contact you? How can they do that? Yes, they can go to sidewalkadvocates.org, our website, to learn how to start, join, or give. There's also a contact us form there. We'd love to know, you know, what you thought of this broadcast, if it sparked any questions or even concerns. You know, maybe you're thinking about getting out to the sidewalk or leading a location, but you'd like to set up an inquiry call with a member of our national team. We do that as well, and we love to talk strategy, how we can best serve you in your local community. And what I want to reassure everyone of is that in post America, I know that there are communities with abortion facilities, with uh, abortion referral facilities where there's no longer an abortion facility because maybe you're in an abortion-restricted state. Thanks be to God for that. Um, or you may be in a community where you don't have either of those. I know one of the cities, big cities that comes to mind in the great state of Texas where I am is McAllen, Texas, where there was an abortion and abortion referral facility in that community, and they both disappeared in post rural America. So the idea is no matter where you are, we will serve you, whether you are just partnering with your local pregnancy resource center and taking your mobile unit out into the facility or out into the community and you want to get people connected to that facility, you know, you want to learn how to be that sales team for life, so to speak, out front, offering all these wonderful services to women in crisis. We would love to be there for you all the way up to where maybe you are considered an abortion destination city, an abortion tourist city even now at the border, say, of New Mexico and Texas or, you know, another community across the United States. We would love to serve you. So we've got solutions no matter where you are, if you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to women in unexpected pregnancies. All right. Well, I wanted to ask if you have some stories, testimonials that you can share that illustrate why a ministry like this is such a vital, important part of the work of the Lord with the life issue. Yeah. Well, you brought up a really good point, Pastor, a little bit earlier in the broadcast the idea that there are women that we will talk to on the sidewalk and they don't make a decision for life right then and there. Sometimes they have to go inside and experience the darkness of the facility. And if we have done our job in being light and hope to that woman going in, many of them do come out and choose life. Mm -hmm. Um, I can think of so many people that I was trained by who said that this was the case for them as well, that a good portion of the women that they saw turn around were people who heard their offer of help, still went inside, had to experience the darkness of the facility and came out and wanted to be out with them and wanted to be uh, take, take advantage of those solutions that were offered. So I'll just share a quick story. In Tampa, Florida, a couple of years ago, I was out on the sidewalk with a couple members of our national team, and uh, we were reaching out to people going in. Uh, there had already been one turnaround that morning, a woman who was going in to figure out what to do about an unexpected pregnancy. She was already 12 weeks along, and she just wanted to talk to somebody. So we offered her simply the free pregnancy test and sonogram at the pregnancy center right next door to that abortion facility. Some of the turnarounds that we experience are just that easy. When we offer the free services at a pregnancy resource center, knowing that they'll get uh, holistic options counseling and the opportunity to view a sonogram, 
it can be just that easy, and then we let them take over. But there was one couple where we got into a much more in-depth conversation. It was a mom who already had two little girls. This was baby number three, a new relationship, and the man by her side was really troubled. He actually didn't want her to do it. She also had her sister with her. And um, we were talking to her about how abortion hurt, that it would cause her, you know, tears and the nightmares and the grief. We wanted to save her from that, of course, save her child from from um, abortion as well. And we just talked about all the resources we had available to her, how she could do it, painted a picture of how she would be able to balance work and family and all of that. And she said, well, I still want to hear what they have to say. And I said, I understand, but just know that if you go inside, you're a dollar sign to them. We're out here because we care about you. We care about what happens to you after this, and we care about your family. So they received that, but they still went inside. And it was interesting because the front desk was pushing for them to pay in cash, was pushing for them um, to hurry up and get this abortion over with. And they said that at one point, you know, our words out on the sidewalk collided with what the abortion facility was saying to them. And they suddenly realized that they were in the wrong place. They began to cry. And they actually came out and said, you know, we're ready to go to the pregnancy center next door. Mm -hmm. Um, We kept in touch with the family. What was beautiful was mom and dad actually chose to get get married. They felt like they were being led into marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, They are both attending a church. They're believers now. And what's beautiful is they had a little boy. So she had two previous, you know, two little girls from a previous relationship. This was their little boy and actually went on to have another little girl. And dad went into the army and he's actually serving overseas. This entire family right now is overseas serving our country. So it's just a beautiful story of how God, through that simple yes, um, brought about just a complete revolution in this Mm -hmm. family, a family who said yes to life and actually ended up saying yes to so much more. So again, I I tell sidewalk advocates, don't panic if they go inside the abortion facility. Maintain uh, that disposition of prayer. We know prayer is the most powerful thing that we can have present at that site. Mm -hmm. If you've done your part, put the rest in God's hands and trust. And at the very least, should that family choose against life, you know, that powerful seeds have been planted in their life that very well could yield uh, uh, the fruit of faith later Mm. in their lives. That's great. That's great. Would you take time now, Lauren, to pray for the church to become much more passionate about the life issue, to become much closer to God's heart in the way this issue is addressed in our culture? Mm, Yes, yes. Let's pray. Um, Father, I thank you so much for the discussion that we're having here. Lord, there are so many people right now that are in key positions that are listening to this broadcast that have influence in their church body. Uh, Maybe they serve as a youth pastor, a missions pastor. Um, They can approach uh, leadership in their church and maybe just get something started, or they can go to a current group and say, let's start adding this activity uh, to to our, our, our church list. Um, Lord, wherever people are right now, we know it's it's your heart to see the body of Christ rise up and, and um, speak out against this evil that is taking place in our society. And more than that, not just curse the darkness, but run to hold a light, um, to be your hands and feet to a world in need. And so, Jesus, I just ask that you would inspire each and every person here who has influence in their church um, to bring this issue to the pastor, to the priest, to church leadership and just say, we need to be a part of this. 
Um, Lord, I pray that we can be a solution for them, if that be your will, um, that they would find refuge in partnership with Sidewalk Advocates for Life, if that's the best fit. And so um, I just pray maybe that you would inspire everyone with what it is that they need to do in order to make this connection, in order to rally the body of Christ in their community around this uh, incredibly important cause. We thank you, Lord. We love you. And we pray that everyone would continue to do great work here in post-rural America. And, and Lord, there's one more thing on my heart. I, I want to pray especially for those in abortion-restricted states um, who may feel like their work is over because abortion is illegal within the state boundaries. I know that we have seen at Sidewalk Advocates for Life that this is not true, that our work isn't over, that women are still leaving our communities for the next nearest abortion facility. Lord, I pray that you would give um, the message to uh, the believers in these abortion-restricted states to remind their community, remind their churches that we still need to be there for women experiencing unexpected pregnancies in our community. And so may they be inspired to look up their local abortion referral center or to partner with their local pregnancy resource center in a greater way to reach the women and families of their community. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And Lauren, uh, before our time ends, I'm going to ask if you'll pray for uh, a ministry that my wife Birdie and I have had a part in launching called the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center. It's a mobile medical ministry that will be serving in the Mississippi Delta. Would you pray for us as we're launching and moving forward and pray for the receptivity of the church to come alongside to work with us as well? Oh, I would love to. What a beautiful ministry. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Yes. Let's let's pray over that right now. Um, Father, again, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you so much for Pastor Joseph, his yes, the yes of all those uh, as a part of this program. God, I, I thank you that he's um, taken these next steps to bring in this, this mobile unit to, out to his community. And God, I, I just pray that you would, because we know the enemy does not like this work. We know the enemy will try to interfere and there will be technology issues or um, mobile unit, uh, car issues, or whatever it may be. Lord, I just speak against anything that would come against this incredible ministry. Um, Lord, that you would align their steps, that you would um, inspire them with where they are to go in the community, that they would look for that foot traffic, look for opportunities to reach um, women of childbearing age uh, at the schools and the universities, the colleges near them, um, and that you would just bring them the people that need to hear a message of help, hope, options, and resources. And Lord, even more, that you would encourage the body of Christ, that you would plant seeds in the hearts uh, of women and men, um, believers in, in this community to support what Pastor is doing, and that they would want to participate, whether that be through the gift of their treasure, or they actually staff the mobile unit, maybe they're out front connecting people with those services, um, and that you would multiply their efforts five, ten, twenty, a hundredfold, um, that people would know that this can be a place of refuge that they, they can go to discuss their options and see hope. Um, Lord, we thank you so much for uh, the gift of technology that allows us to take ministry like this out into the public square. And I ask your blessing, Lord, upon every mobile unit that we are currently working with as well for the mobile unit providers, Save the Storks, Vans for Life, ICU Mobile, that you would continue to bless the work of their of their hands. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 
Lauren, would you share your website and contact information one more time, please? Absolutely. You can uh, go to sidewalkadvocates.org where you can learn how to start, join, or give. And if we can be of particular service to you, if you have any questions, if you want to work through a scenario in your local community, if you want to talk about what leadership would look like in your community, you can go to sidewalkadvocates.org and click the contact us link at the top left corner. And we would love to dialogue with you and see how we can prospectively serve you. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Lauren. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus is the answer to our biggest problem and to answer to actually all of our problems. But if you'd like to receive Christ today, would you simply make this step and invite Christ to come into your heart now? If you'd like to make that step, would you simply pray this prayer and commit your heart to the Lord even now? Lord Jesus, Thank you for loving me so, so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, by faith, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In the word of God, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you pray that prayer, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you. My email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We want to share with you some literature, some resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We certainly hope to hear from you. And so again, that that email again, joseph at afr.net. Well, Lauren, thank you so much again for being with us. Uh, Again, we appreciate you coming and sharing your heart and the mission of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Thank you, Pastor. Great to be with you. All right. And we invite all of our listeners, please pray much for Lauren and for the great work of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And if you feel so led of the Lord to be involved as in getting involved as a sidewalk counselor or in some other capacity, get in touch with them, please. But let's lift them up daily in prayer. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.